0: In the year 2013, three women, a mom, a daughter, and a friend, went out in California to, to visit Scotty's Castle. I don't know if anybody here has ever been there. It's in the Grapevine Canyon. It's got an interesting history, but I, I can't tell you, I don't have the time to tell you that now, but they went to visit there. It's not really a castle. It's more like a fancy mansion. It's out in, on, in Death Valley. So as they were leaving their trip there, they went to the gift store and then they were heading back. They were following the GPS and they came to an intersection and the daughter who was driving made the wrong turn. And then the GPS got completely confused. It kept saying things like, two miles straight ahead, right turn. These are all dirt roads, by the way turn right, go three miles, turn left, recalculating, make a U-turn. It was, it was, and they were, they, they were lost for three days. And they were in, now they didn't keep following the GPS, but they just were so lost they couldn't find their way back to the main road. And they, uh, the temperature was 121 degrees and they had four bottles of water they drank three as part of the trip when they realized they were in trouble they only had one bottle left so you know their saga goes on but actually yeah, they were obviously dealing with thirst i was thinking of i was trying to think of times in my life when i really really felt thirsty you know, when your mouth gets really dry, I've read these survival stories about how people get lost at sea. They can't drink the seawater because it'll make you very sick. And they had to ration out like a spoonful of water a day as these people were tr- survived. They did survive the trip, but it was like 29 days. They knew what thirsty was. But we've all had some of it. So Jesus talks about that today in the Gospel to this woman. He talks about being thirsty. She comes to the well every day with a big water jar and brings it back for all of her needs. And he asks her for a drink. I think there's an insight in there. He's about to save her life. But he asks her for a drink. He just doesn't preach to her. He just doesn't tell her to ask for forgiveness for her sins. He asks her to get involved. I was thinking how true that is in the spiritual life. A lot of times, I'm included here, we pray to God and want God just to solve the whole problem. Just give it to us. Give us the whole problem solved. Like, we're not going to really have to get involved. We don't even know what we'd do if we got involved. Or we don't want to get involved. We just want you to answer it. That's not how Jesus works. You never saw him really work that way. He always invited involvement. He invited everything. He wanted the whole heart. So I think it's significant at the beginning of their encounter, he asks her for a drink. And thus opens up this encounter. I'll give you a drink and you'll never be thirsty again. I'll give you a fountain within you that springs up. And she's so excited. And there's a little detail in there I never saw before. She leaves the water jar there and goes back to the village to tell everyone. This is so transforming in her life. It's so big. Because you could imagine, you could hear good news, you're still going to get your water. I'm not going to go back there without my water. She's so excited she leaves the jar there. And then she goes back to the town. Now she's married five times in the past. And now she's living with somebody. She's not going to be in that era someone who's held in high esteem. The fact that they listen to her there had to be something on her face in the way she said it that broke through all of their own prejudices about her, that they all followed her. And she bring, she's one of the first missionaries in the gospel. She brings the whole town to Jesus. And salvation comes to that area. So being thirsty, you know Mother Teresa? All of her chapels all over the world In the chapel, next to the crucifix, are the words, I thirst. Every one of the chapels, that just caught Mother Teresa's imagination. It was part of her, the core of her spirituality. She knew that when Jesus said that, it meant more than he was thirsty, physically. He's thirsty for us. He's thirsty for our salvation. Mother Teresa felt that thirst. That's what made her go out there and go out there without a plan when she started out. Just knowing that she felt Jesus' thirst for souls and she wanted to help quench it. Now there's a lot of people today who don't even feel thirsty. Most of us don't feel thirsty. The Most of the time we turn the water on, we're so privileged. There's so many parts of the world that do not have good water or do not at times have any water. We take it for granted. Anytime we want to drink, we just get one. And there's people in life, in their spiritual life, who don't feel thirsty. Why is that? How do you get to the point where you're not thirsty for what's most important in life? I thought about that. I think it's like, it's like here in Tampa. like A lot of urban areas. We build so much concrete. The water, when it rains, just runs right off. I think that's what happens in people's lives when we have so many things in our life, other things that it's all really searching. We're really still thirsty. We're just filling it up with all kinds of things that can never quench it. So when the real rain comes down, the real grace, it can have a tendency to just wash off our life right into the bay, just like here. I remember um, a little kid, I, 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 he's grown now, but we used to call him Michael stories when he was a little kid. And I'm going to talk a little bit now at the end here about, how do, if I'm not thirsty, how do I get thirsty? How do I? That woman, when she came, she didn't know she was thirsty either. Jesus gave her the thirst. He he, he awakened it in her. So Michael's praying at night, like a lot of kids are taught to pray. God bless mommy. God bless daddy. God bless Uncle Mike. God bless Uncle John. God bless my dog. God bless my family. God bless the people who are hungry. God bless the people who are thirsty. Hey, I'm thirsty. And he went out and got a drink of water. <laughs> he, was a, he was a master staller for going to bed. You know, this was all part of the technique. But all of a sudden, he, got, he felt he was thirsty. You know how I think we, get, we, can, we can ignite that thirst? is by eating something salty. When we eat something salty, we need a drink of water. How do we eat something spiritually salty? If we feel like, I just feel like nothing. I'd have no motivation it's not there. I'm worried about that. I feel like I'm getting farther from God. Eat something spiritually salty. What is that? Scriptures. You open up the Gospel of Mark, we're reading right now through this year. Spend some real time in the Scriptures. Really not just reading it, but thinking about it. Letting, asking God, talk to me through this Scripture. You'll get thirsty. Or go to people who are the salt of the earth. Maybe at that moment their salt is is more enlivened. Somebody who inspires you. You know how when you do that, because I know it happens to me. I get thirsty for that. I wanna be like them. I wanna be more like them, that quality that they have in their life. Another way is to go and do things for people in need. Because Jesus says when you see them, When you're helping the poor and the homeless, you're seeing Jesus' face. And you know how when if you've you've done that before, and I know many of you have, you get thirsty. There's something good here, and I want more of it. So in this Lent, it's an interesting way to think about Lent. How can I eat something more spiritually salty? Because I want that thirst. I want that th- I want that living fountain within to be more and more. It's already there, or you wouldn't be here today. But I want it more. These folks here, I think about you guys a lot. As adults, they felt that thirst. And they've come and they've been studying all year long, walking with the Lord, walking with sponsors. And they're coming now to the day when they will be baptized. I think about that as an adult, making that decision, coming to that realization, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. We pray for them now. It's called the first scrutiny. All over the world now in Catholic churches, at the, one of these masses on this day, those who are about to be baptized, called the elect, the chosen, we prayed for them in the first prayer, will come forward and we're all going to pray for them as they're about to make this step and join our community community of Christ, may the living spring of God's water be in your hearts and in ours always.